1: Florida. Annex Wealth Management Show on the air, 92.5 Fox News, Sunday, November 21st, the calm before the Thanksgiving storm. Hope you're in great shape this morning. Annex Wealth Management with clients of the greatest generation, boomers, Gen X, millennials. We're going to cover it all today in the next 30 minutes. Ask Annex is coming up. Also, ramifications to inheriting money. Yes, there are some. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Southwest Florida. There's no question that we had a bit of a mixed week. The Dow Jones closed Friday down 268. And of course, the S&P 500 closed down as well. However, the NASDAQ closed slightly
3: up for a record close, Derek. Right. Both Apple and Microsoft closed at new all-time highs on Friday. Very strong fundamentals there. Some enthusiasm about Apple potentially getting into the EV space, uh, but generally speaking, the breadth was somewhat somewhat lousy, and it was really led by the mega cap growth stocks that I just alluded to.
2: Yeah, so those mega cap growth stocks, you know, you think about the fang names that we often cover, and, you know, is there regulation risk to them? Of course, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave those names. They might be just taking a pause for the moment, but, you know, you talked about what's working and what isn't, and when you put together a portfolio, it could be value versus growth. It could be international versus domestic, or it could be small versus large. What we're seeing is if you think about a washing machine, money is going from side to side, but it is not leaving the
3: equities markets. So where you put your bets is very important. Absolutely true. I mean, household net worth is at near an all-time high, so there's a lot of cash on the sidelines. We know corporations have a lot of cash as well. And we also know that corporate taxes are not going up, and that's something that had con- had concerned some because they feared that if we reduced S&P earnings in 2022 to Due to, due to higher taxes, the market was at a very expensive level.
2: Right, and it really never discounted that. So I would thought it was always interesting that the analysts didn't think that that was going to go through, and it is not part of the bill. Of course, we know that it pushed through the House this week, but 2022 earnings are still looking pretty good, mid-200s, 220 $230 in aggregate. You put a multiple on that, we're probably at full value, but you have to think about where we are with interest rates and, of course, inflation being part of the conversation. Inflation has been stickier for so many reasons, and we can try probably pick that apart. But if this bill passes, that's more liquidity into
3: the market, which probably is more inflationary. The other thing is one of our research partners actually is going to be giving a presentation on Monday, but I, I took a look at their slide deck ahead of time. And one of their arguments for why companies like Microsoft and Facebook and Apple have done so well is you're generating tremendous free cash flow. They don't have any debt on the balance sheet. That free cash flow enables them to go out and invest in, in growth areas of the economy into other areas, perhaps like autonomous driving, the case of Apple, Facebook with the whole metaverse campaign. And these companies are powerhouses. And as you mentioned, they are getting big and they are getting the attention of people in Washington who are concerned they have too much market power.
2: So, you know, not a lot of people know this, but you were an equity manager in 99 in 2000 for a mutual fund company when the tech portion was about 35 percent of the entire index. Today it's about 22 percent. The difference is it is also about 22 percent of their earnings. So they are getting supported by what they're making.
3: Right. They are they, the valuations are supportive, and, and at that time, you know, people were paying for eyeballs and concepts, not earnings. And this time, it's much, much different. And these companies are buying back stock. Some of them actually pay dividends. Uh, they're they're very well run companies. As I mentioned, they don't carry a lot of debt, which is important. The one risk with all of them, though, is they are very sensitive to higher interest Interest rates And if interest rates were to go up significantly from here, the valuations on those companies would be compressed, and that could cause them to languish for a period of time. And
2: we do want to talk about inflation. I want to do that towards the end of the show. But, of course, we know that China imp- ported disinflation. And when people, I say that to people, they kind of, their eyes roll back into their heads. Give give us an explanation of that.
3: Well, as an example, you know, when Apple uh, makes an iPhone, that, that iPhone is assembled in China with lower cost labor than what they would find in the United States. So that helps to keep the price of the product down and more affordable consumers. So that's a, a, the source of downward pressure. Same thing in the PC industry and any number of industries. The other thing about China, it's been kind of a leading indicator for us. Because remember, they were the first one to experience COVID for obvious reasons. Uh, They were also the first ones to come out. They actually did a lot of fiscal stimulus like we did, and their economy's actually been slowing recently. So that could suggest that our economy may follow a similar path in the latter half of 2022. If we can help, because there are going to be some choppy waters ahead for investment, retirement planning, tax planning,
1: estate planning, you want to head to our website, and you can do it this weekend on a Sunday before it gets real crazy over Thanksgiving. The website is AnnexWealth.com. Very simply, you click the Get Started button. That begins what is called the Wealth Metric process. That's the decades of our team insight, state-of-the-art technology. We want to better serve our clients who are asking questions like, how am I doing, and more importantly, What am I missing? Click that today. It's the Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Back in a bit on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.
2: I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. It may not feel like it, but 2021 is slipping away. You've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan or considered the impact of new taxes, it's time. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Set up a time to talk, review, or review. Revise your plan today. Know the difference, one team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. Need help?
0: Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Now, back to the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. It's time for Ask Annex. As always, got a question for us. We are
1: all ears. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. We get back to everybody. Some of them wind up on the radio. First one is from Stephen. Can we make a peak
2: bottleneck call right now? Peak bottleneck is one of these terms that's been thrown around. It's kind of an economic term, but it really is so, about what's happening with the supply chains and the reason why I think it's a great question because peak bottleneck does coordinate with something else.
3: Right. It it ultimately is part of the reason we're seeing an increase in inflation. So we've had product bottlenecks. We know about the semiconductors, lack of availability. We know there have been transportation issues at the ports, inability to find school bus drivers, FedEx drivers. We know there have been problems finding labor. You know, there there are 1.4 jobs open for every one person that's unemployed. And then finally, there's the energy bottleneck. And that's the one that may take the longest to resolve because, as we know, we are heading into winter. Supplies are short. Uh, There hasn't been a whole lot of CapEx spent in the energy patch. We could see a spike in oil prices. It's funny
2: because, you know, you and I both are in this industry since the 1980s and peak oil was a term that has been thrown around now for going on 40 years. And here we are talking about it today in 2021.
3: Well, but we're talking about it in a different sense, right? I mean, all of these efforts to get to green energy have led to lack of investment in fossil fuels. And we are a long way from when green energy can really take the mantle from carbon.
2: And so let's talk about that just for a second. And we talk about well, the EV cars. We talked about Rivian and we talked about Tesla and what it really takes to get these EV cars out there. And you
3: did some research and I was just stunned. Yeah, one amazing stat. So if, if Tesla were, had to build 20 million cars, which they sure as hell better do soon because how do you justify that valuation? That would require 165% of all the lithium that was produced last year. Now remember, Tesla is not the only EV car company volkswagen's getting in the business gm ford rivian lucid so where are the supplies going to come to meet the demand it may take a lot longer than these optimistic analysts believe and by the way you just said lithium but there's other natural resources that are also part of this oh yeah i mean it graphite's a big component, nickel, aluminum in the battery as well, cobalt, manganese. Again, these are, all have to be mined. So green energy isn't as green as people would lead you to believe. Exactly.
1: Ask Annex got a question for us. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. Next one is from Phil. Why is Elon Musk selling 10% of his Tesla shares a big deal? It doesn't reflect on the viability of his company, just a way to minimize a tax hit. Should this have even been a story?
2: Well, it's always a story when the Twitterville uh, gets involved. And that's exactly what happened here, Derek.
3: Well, and he actually kind of did kind of tongue in cheek. He actually had people vote as to whether or not he should do it. And I saw one person say, you know, you don't want to force executives out of the corporate suite and force them to sell their shares because you want them to be focused, laser focused on the prospects for the business. But that was such a small percentage of what he owns. And I can certainly understand why he would sell it. What was his tax bill? Like $11 billion or some crazy thing like that? Is that is he manipulating
1: it though because he he, yeah, got I think a, he
2: should be careful and you did ask me this a couple of weeks ago And yeah. anytime he goes out there and talks about is he going to sell he you know he pushes the envelope pretty much when it talks about his Tesla shares but the question is should it have been a story and obviously it is because of the valuation and of course the number of shareholders that are out there
1: but as you've told me many times CNBC and channels like that are there to draw in ratings and lists and, and they tend to be and, a little bit um, and all, all,
2: is, all media are like that however
1: except for this show all right it's Ask Annex. Next one's from Paul. You've spoken about a possible inflation hedge like real estate. How can I participate without actually buying real estate?
2: In other words, he doesn't want to go out and get a duplex. But there's ways to do that in the equities markets that are obviously very liquid.
3: Right. There are any number of ways to do it. You can buy REITs. You know, property owners, people that own retail malls. As an example, a company like Simon Property Group. And of course, there's not just direct ownership. And of
2: course, there are all kinds of names in the real estate business. We all remember the story of the gold and the gold diggers, the picks and shovels makers are a way to participate as well.
3: Well, absolutely. So it could be a home builder. It could be companies that are involved in household construction. It could be a deer. It could be a caterpillar. It could be any number of things. But the other thing to remember about inflation is stocks do tend to do well during periods of rising inflation. And the sector of the stock market that does, does the best during periods of rising prices is small cap value. And my guess is any number of you out there are underweighted in that asset class.
1: Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management with Ask Annex. Dave Spano is our President and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Head to our website. You can sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. Subscribe to the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. You can search by topic. We have over 1,300 videos of ours on that. That's the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Quick break, we'll be back. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.
0: It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with
1: Annex Wealth Management? It's a loss when somebody passes. But when they took the time to do things correctly with a well-constructed estate plan, it makes distribution of assets far easier. If you're on the list for some of those assets, there are right and wrong things to do. You also need to manage your expectations. Jill Martin is an estate planning attorney at Annex Health Management, and she's got experience with all of this. Hey, Jill, welcome back.
4: Hi, Danny. How are you?
1: Good. We're gonna cover key aspects of inheriting money as well as covering the ramifications like taxes, the need to be patient, and the expectation. There might be some surprises in store.
4: It's a complicated thing and a lot of times we talk about making sure you have an estate plan in place. But we see a lot of situations where now a parent passes away and you're inheriting that money. And it's kind of a, what do you do? What is the impact of all of this? How do I inherit this money? And those become really, really important conversations because if you do something wrong, it can really come back and bite you later.
1: The first thing to really determine is what is that you're inheriting, cash investments, real estate, or IRAs, 401ks, does it matter?
4: Well, it really does because there's different tax consequences associated with what are you inheriting. So if you're getting a 401k plan from a parent or a traditional IRA, you need to be worried about the tax consequences of that inheritance because it was tax-deferred in your parents' hands. It's gonna continue to be tax-deferred in your hands until you actually take distributions out of that, which then you gotta be prepared There's additional tax liability that you're going to have to pay and bear as a result of those distributions. That's going to be different, say, if you got just a life insurance policy or you inherited a CD or your name was on the bank account, right? Cash is just kind of cash, whereas investments and things like that could have income tax consequences. Once someone passes away, let's really assess what are all the different moving pieces that are happening here. Am I inheriting mom's house? Am I a beneficiary of the retirement account? Is there cash in a bank account? And really thinking through all of those separate pieces individually, and then make sure you talk with an advisor, your, your own certified financial planner, your own wealth advisor, so that you understand the ramifications on you for inheriting that, that type of an asset.
1: One thing you can be sure of, there are tax ramifications to inheriting money. What's basis adjustment at death mean? That sounds complex.
4: It's complex, but it's something that's built into the tax code that's there today. What happens is, let's say you're going to inherit the cabin up north. Your parents bought that thing for maybe $50,000 25 years ago. Now it's worth 400000 If your parents were to have sold that, there would have been capital gain for the difference between the fair market value and what they paid for it. Whereas basis adjustment at death means that the cost basis becomes the fair market value of the property as of the date of death. The basis becomes 400000 The fair market value is 400000 You as the heir sell it after death, no gain or loss. So basis adjustment basically wipes out any unrealized gain or loss that existed prior to someone's death.
1: Next question when inheriting money, how are you inheriting it? And there's three ways. The first is outright.
4: That's basically just, you know what, I leave everything to my three kids and they get their one third and they can do with it as they see fit.
1: Next is jointly, and it's kind of what you talked about with, say, it's the family cabin.
4: Right, where all of a sudden, guess what? We leave that cottage or that cabin to the three kids, and now all three of them jointly own it together, which means now they are co-owners of one piece of property, and they all need to get along and play nice with each other. Well,
1: we've done a segment on that as well, and that doesn't always happen. And the third way is in a trust.
4: So a lot of times people, as part of their estate plan, want to provide some level of asset protection or or they want to further control the inheritance that they leave for children or grandchildren.
1: More on that in a bit. Yes.
4: So, if you're inheriting money in a trust, what happens is is they your parents or whoever left you money has put some restrictions on how you get to use that money, which means it's not something that you can just throw into your bank account and spend like you want to. So that's where you're gonna need some legal advice to understand your rights to that money.
1: We see a lot of all of this at Annex Wealth Management. Couple of suggestions. First, don't spend it before you get it.
4: Right, I mean, that's the big one. I've been in this area for a long time, and what happens is the process of settling someone's affairs takes time. So number one is is after your loved one passes away, don't just assume that you're going to get a check in two to three weeks. It never happens that fast. As a beneficiary, the worst thing you can do is make a really rash decision, such as I have a wealthy aunt. She passed away. I quit my job because I'm going to get a lot of money all of a sudden.
1: Have you seen that? I have. Oh, okay. Okay. Second is be prepared for the tax ramifications. Got a story on that?
4: Well, we do. And, you know, we see this a fair amount with people who are inheriting money that have never worked with a financial planner or done tax planning. If all of a sudden you're inheriting a $150,000 IRA from your dad, the last thing you want to do is say, just cut me a check, I need cash. Because that $150,000 is going to be completely taxable to you as ordinary income. And that means you're going to have a hefty tax bill. So that $150,000 might turn out to be more like 90. dollars
1: And the other one is be prepared to deal with your inheritance as part of a trust. And we talked about that a little bit.
4: Right? Yeah. Um, again, that's where the person who left you money wants to control that money beyond They're passing because they want to protect it for you, whether it's from divorce, creditors, just bad things in life that happen to people. And again, that's where you want to make sure you understand how you can get access to that money. But what was the purpose behind it? You don't want to necessarily end up like the trust fund babies that we hear about in Hollywood that are just living off of mom and dad's money and have never gotten their own job and career. You don't want to create that for your kids and for your legacy. So it's about making sure that you're instilling some family value and that money is just kind of a bonus or an emergency fund when they need it.
1: Have a financial plan and as part of that financial plan and a state plan for sure.
4: For sure. And then the other part of that is is if you're inheriting money, that's a great time to start working with a financial planner so you understand the ramifications of that inheritance.
1: Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. We do investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning. We do one plan built for you. Most important part, fee-only fiduciary. It's Sunday. It's November
2: 21st. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spino, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. It may not feel like it, but 2021 is slipping away. You've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan or considered the impact of new taxes, it's time. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Set up a time to talk, review, or revise your plan today. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management.
0: One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Sunday, November 21st,
1: we're back. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer in the studio, along with Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management.
2: Thanks, Danny. You know, at the top of the show, we were talking about inflation and the fact that we have said all along that we believe that it will be stickier for so many reasons. But one of the things that you continue to point out, if you look at the definition, Derek, of CPI, one part of that is what's called rental equivalent. It really means the real estate part of that calculation. And we said back then that once those folks have an opportunity to raise rents, that, of course, is stickier.
3: Right. Uh, people are seeing enormous rental increases in New York, uh, Los Angeles, and so on. And, and that's partly due to the fact that for a long period of time, people were not able to be evicted from their rental units. Uh, so the landlords now have more market power and are raising prices accordingly. And so that is going to be a sticky form of inflation because these are you know annual. Well. will increases. Uh, they, they tend to stay around for a while and it's a lagging indicator. It lags home prices, which we know have gone up significantly. So we would expect that component of CPI to continue to be firm.
2: In speaking about home increases, we saw the statistics that came out that had Naples, the number two real estate market in the United States, up 33 percent year over year in house prices. But the other thing that came out was Goldman Sachs expected that the unemployment rate would be 4.6 percent in October, Falling to 3.7 to 3.5 percent, which would be a 50-year low. That, of course, puts pressure on employment numbers and for raises. And we're starting to see that people are coming back into our offices and asking for more money. If you're trying to find someone, they cost more, and that, of course, is stickier part of wage inflation.
3: And, and that's why this this market environment is so interesting because you know stocks tend to like inflation because it helps to goose their earnings through raising prices and so on, because one person's higher prices, another person's higher revenues. The other thing about it is, until the Fed gets serious about it, um, you, you can feel reasonably comfortable that the market ought to respond positively. Once the Fed, though, decides that it's getting uh, too, too hot, it becomes too hot, not just in terms of prices, but also in terms of politics, because the, there's going to be a midterm election in 2022. Higher gasoline prices, higher housing prices, higher food prices are not popular with a Lot of voters, okay.
2: So, and you just nailed on something that's so important when we have seen stumbles uh, or even falls in the stock market. A lot of times, the Federal Reserve's policies have caused that, right? And right now, we have a potential change in the leadership of the Federal Reserve, and we're watching this very closely,
3: right? I mean, right now, the odds are 70 percent that Jerome Powell's going to be uh, reappointed as Fed chair. Uh, Lyle Brainerd is another person who potentially could be the Fed chair as well. That decision is imminent. But in addition to that, there are going to be three other openings on the FOMC, and it's widely expected the Biden administration will will appoint people that are more concerned with wage growth, uh, social welfare, and the like than necessarily curbing inflation. So it's very possible the Fed... It's almost hard to believe that the next Fed could be more dovish than yeah. the current one.
2: Yeah, it's, it is hard to believe. Now, remember, the fact that they are going to continue to taper their purchases, even if they continue on or increase the tapering of their purchases, that still puts us six or seven months out before even a conversation about tightening. I can't imagine that they're going to tighten right
3: before an election. Uh, it, that does seem unlikely. The, the market currently believes we're going to see two uh, Fed funds rate increases in 2022. If the composition of the board changes, perhaps we just see one. But generally speaking, as long as these inflationary pressures persist, it would behoove the Fed to get the tapering over with so that they can begin to address, or at least job on the market, that they will begin to address these inflationary pressures.
2: And you said something which is very important, that of course there could be higher prices, but that does mean higher revenues for companies. And we have said all along that right now, there's TINA is still in place. TINA, there is no alternative to equity markets. We still believe that's a strong choice. We just believe that you have to be in the right parts, the right sectors, the right industries. And to know that, you should go through the process that we've developed, which is really unique.
1: It's called Wealth Metric. decades of our team insights, state-of-the-art technology. Our goal, to better serve our clients who are asking, how am I doing? But more importantly, what am I missing? You ever think about that? You Think about the little things in tax, uh, tax law that might be coming up or distribution strategies, all that stuff, when you have a great plan, it lays it out. We do investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. Fee-only fiduciary means zero commissions. It's our guidance that you're partnering with us. We'll see you in a week, but in the meantime, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.